It's 8 o'clock on today. Coming up, Ida's aftermath. This is nothing I've ever seen before. Flooded homes, washed out roads, structures ripped apart by hurricane force winds inside the massive search and rescue mission currently underway. Oh, it was bad. You can't see that. The wind was blowing too hard. It was raining. More than a million people still without power. Officials saying it could be weeks until all service is restored. Al is live in New Orleans and will tell us where the storm is headed next. Remembering Princess Diana, 24 years after her death, we look at Princess Diana's legacy and the latest on the rift between her sons, William and Harry. Plus, Bermuda Triangle mystery. I'm thinking to myself, this looks like a turret. A new documentary investigating the disappearance of several planes off the coast of Florida more than 75 years ago. The exciting discovery of their team just made just ahead. And back to school, five simple tips to help your family save on supplies, plus recipes the whole family will love that are easy to whip up on a school night. Today, Tuesday, August 31st, 2021. We are remarkable women on our first trip Happy ninth birthday and great grandma a happy 95th birthday. We love today's show. Celebrating my mom and stepdad, Kim and Vic, on their anniversary. Hi, Graham. Hi, we're the Trip family from Cincinnati. I'm celebrating beating cancer twice. Cheers to today. Cheers. Yeah. You know what? There are Here's a lot of good, that. happy moments. That, that was one, one is top of the heap. Uh, welcome boost. back, guys. We're so happy that you're with us. It's a, it's a busy Tuesday morning. We're going to head outside. It's nice to see our crowd outside yes. waiting for us, but we're going to go out and visit. Savannah has the morning off. But what do you say we get right to our news Let's at 8 o'clock? Let's do it. We have a lot going on. While rescuers search for Hurricane Ida victims and survivors, a lot of Louisiana is facing weeks without electricity. NBC Sam Brock joins us now with the very latest on the storm damage and what is definitely going to be a massive long recovery effort. Hey, Sam, morning. No doubt about it. Hoda, good morning. The harsh reality right now sinking in as to what this state looks like after Hurricane Ida ravaged it. I'm told from neighbors there was so much water in the streets here, you could get boats through. And in fact, in neighboring communities, they did. I'm going to point your attention, Hoda, right over my shoulder down there to a trailer flipped into a home that is completely emblematic of what so many of these communities look like right now. The Louisiana National Guard had to come in and rescue some 282 people yesterday, 32 pets as well. Hoda, this is we are also learning about the death toll rising. This after two people died in the state of Mississippi, a highway there washed out with floodwaters from Ida, we're told, contributing to that. Three other folks there are facing life-threatening injuries. In Louisiana, Governor Edwards says he does expect that the death toll will continue to climb after ca catastrophic damage, in his words. The city of New Orleans right now still with no power except for generators. Entergy, which is the main provider, estimates it's going to be somewhere between 7 and 10 days for many people, maybe 90 percent of power customers. But there are some communities that are going to go weeks with no power. All of this as the mayor of New Orleans is telling people, if you evacuated from the city, do not return right now until power has been restored and some semblance of normalcy. Mm. Put it back to you. Yeah, Sam, that seven to 10 days from the Entergy uh, Electric Company is a little bit of good news. That's better than we thought. All right, Sam, thank you so much. Meanwhile, the last U.S. troops have left Afghanistan ending 
America's longest war. President Biden has come under heavy criticism for the way the final chapter unfolded, and the president is expected to address the nation today. NBC's chief White House correspondent and Weekend Today co-anchor Peter Alexander joins us with that story. Peter, good morning. Craig, good morning to you. The president, as you know, likely to address the nation this afternoon, explaining his decision to stick to his August 31st deadline despite leaving some Americans in the country. The president defending that decision says there was unanimous agreement among U.S. military leaders not to extend the date. Overnight, the military did release this photo of the last soldier to leave, Major General Chris Donahue, commander of the 82nd Airborne Division. Soon thereafter, the Taliban, they rolled in, taking over the airport, firing into the air in celebration, lighting up the night sky. The Secretary of State says that fewer than 200 Americans are still in Afghanistan. The administration says it will help get them, get them out, dependent on cooperation, of course, from the Taliban. In total, the U.S. evacuated more than 123,000 people in 17 days, but tens of thousands of Afghan allies who want to leave remain. The frantic end to America's longest war likely to cast a shadow on Biden's presidency. Those chaotic early scenes at the Kabul airport, later the deaths of 13 American service members, and the criticism of the president's handling of the evacuation is, uh, is unlikely to go away. One Republican, Craig, calling the U.S.'s exit shameful and a national disgrace. Our chief White House correspondent, Peter Alexander, for us, Peter, thank you. And, of course, NBC News will have live coverage of President Biden's address later today on many of these stations. Former Silicon Valley billionaire Elizabeth Holmes goes on trial today in San Jose, California. She's charged with using her medical testing company to cheat both investors and patients. NBC's Natalie Morales joins us with surprising new details that are expected to come up in court. Natalie, good morning. Good morning to you, Chanel. Well, the Silicon Valley entrepreneur who dreamed of changing the world with a simple blood test also presented herself as a strong female working in a man's world. But recently unsealed court documents suggest she's about to tell us a different story as her trial starts today. I'm the founder and CEO of this company. Anything that happens in this company is my responsibility at the end of the day, and I hold myself responsible for, for that. That was Elizabeth Holmes in 2016, well before her world and her company Theranos collapsed. Then the youngest female self-made billionaire in the world. She graced magazine covers as a game changer who started a healthcare tech company at 19 with the idea to draw and analyze blood with a tiny pinprick, turning it into a $9 billion business. John Kerry Rue broke the story in the Wall Street Journal in 2015, exposing the company's alleged faulty medical technology and reporting on what the U.S. attorney called a scheme to defraud investors, doctors, and patients. I'd say where she crossed the bright red line is in the fall of 2013 when she commercialized a, a product, a medical product, that she knew did not work. Holmes and Theranos COO Ramesh Sunny Balwani were indicted in 2018 on two charges of conspiracy to commit wire fraud and multiple counts of wire fraud. Both deny all charges against them. But shocking new court documents reveal her defense will likely present her as a victim, claiming a decade-long abusive relationship with Balwani, her ex-boyfriend. Holmes' attorneys writing that Balwani's control included monitoring her calls, text messages, and emails, physical violence, such as throwing hard, sharp objects at her, restricting her sleep, monitoring her movements, and insisting that any success she achieved was because of him. And further claiming Mr. Balwani controlled her so much, 
essentially dominating her and erasing her capacity to make decisions. I think it's an opportunity for her to get the jurors to sympathize with her. She does have incredible charisma. She's a chameleon. Uh, she can really put on a, a terrific act. Bawani's attorneys are firing back, saying Ms. Holmes' allegations are deeply offensive to Mr. Bawani, devastating personally to him. Now, Elizabeth Holmes is expected to testify in court. Now, if convicted, she could serve 20 years in prison. A separate trial for Sonny Balwani will be held in January of 2022. And NBC News reached out to attorneys for both Holmes and Balwani and both declined to comment on the case. Guys? All right, Natalie, thank you. All right, it feels like a good time, time. for a For what? A boost? boost. Yeah. Let's boost it. Here we go. All right, so a Houston neighborhood said goodbye last week to their beloved mail carrier, after 14 years of service. Come on, there's a crowd there to bid farewell to oh, Mr. Look at James. That. And it would not be a proper goodbye without an official passing of the torch. In this case, he passed the mail back. This little guy couldn't have been happier about it. One of them neighbors said of Mr. James, he was always so kind to her kids, letting them help deliver the mail on their street, even picking up the kids when they couldn't reach the mailbox. He took every opportunity to show kindness. He made everybody feel special. So happy retirement, man. That's beautiful. All right, just ahead, a day of remembrances for Princess Diana, 24 years after her untimely death. We are going to take you live to Kensington Palace this morning where people are actually being led into today to celebrate her life and legacy. Plus, the new details just emerging about Prince Harry's relationship with the royal family. That's right after this. We are back 8.13 now with a solemn anniversary. Yeah, today actually marks 24 years since Princess Diana died in a Paris car crash, and people have gathered at Kensington Palace to honor her. NBC's Kelly Cobiea is there for us. Kelly, good morning to you. Guys, good morning to you. Uh, the brothers, Prince William and Prince Harry, are said to be marking this day privately. But here at Kensington Palace, which is usually closed today, they're opening the gates to the sunken garden later this afternoon so that people can visit that new statue dedicated to Diana. This morning, a solemn anniversary. 24 years after Princess Diana's death, people are remembering her life. Diana will always be a lasting figure. She was a great philanthropist. She was a person who moved the dial on many social issues. But at the same time also, she's the uh, mother of the next but one King of England. Diana was 36 years old, the most photographed woman in the world, when she died in a car crash in a Paris tunnel August 31st, 1997. Sons William and Harry were just 15 and 12. Her tragic story still resonating today with Spencer, a new movie imagining her life due out in November, and the fictionalized drama The Crown, still a hit on Netflix. It comes at a turbulent time for Diana's sons. Prince William and Prince Harry last together in July on what would have been their mother's 60th birthday to unveil a statue in her honor at Kensington Palace with high hopes it would bring the brothers closer again. In a new version of Sussex biography Finding Freedom released today, the authors claim Harry saw his grandfather Prince Philip's funeral as a chance to heal family rifts. 
that Harry booked a one-way ticket because he didn't know how the trip would pan out. And there was a feeling that the trip might also present an opportunity to come together and talk without the filter of go-betweens. The authors say the chat between the brothers outside the chapel was their first face-to-face -face conversation in 15 months. And they went on to have at least two further conversations. And that Prince Harry also spoke to his father, Prince Charles, but their problems remain unresolved. As Prince William and Kate carry on with royal duties, Prince Harry and Meghan are expanding their growing private empire and finding freedom authors say entering a new era of visibility with multi-million dollar speaking, streaming and publishing deals. Finding Freedom's authors also claiming the two have no regrets. They add Harry and Meghan have reinvented the fairy tale romance with a self-made independent woman playing an equal role alongside her knight. A spokesperson for the Sussexes have said that they did not collaborate on this book, that they were not interviewed for it, that this is all based on reporting by the authors. Guys? And Kelly, that book you mentioned also has some new details about a recent meeting between Prince Harry and the Queen. What more can you tell us? Yeah, so the authors claim that Prince Harry had a very special reunion with the Queen back in April when he was here for his grandfather's funeral, that he has the utmost respect and love for his grandmother, despite everything that's happened over the past year, and that he regards her as sort of as an inspiration for his own life of service. Guys? That. All right, Kelly, thank you. All right, let us now turn to Mr. Roker, who remains in New Orleans for us this morning. Uh, what are we looking at now, buddy? Well, we got two big stories on each coast. We start off, of course, with Ida. It's, of course, devastated the Gulf. As you look, you can see, though, its effects are going to be widespread. 71 million people impacted under flash flood watches and warnings pushing into the Northeast. And we're going to be looking at this heavy rain starting to develop later today into the mid-Atlantic states, Tennessee River Valley. Some places could be picking up to eight inches of rain. Out west, those California megafires, the Caldor Fire now breaching over the, the uh, Sierra Rocky, the Sierra Mountains. That's the second fire uh, that has done that this season. 2021 fire season, almost 2 million acres burned, third most active on record, and we have a high fire danger today. Red flag warnings stretching from California all the way to Colorado with no chance of rain in the forecast and strong gusty winds. And that is your latest weather. All Guys? Right. All right, Mr. Roker, we're going to take it from here because it's time for, as we like to say, our favorite Best time of the morning. Oh, oh, you got, sweet. First up, one of our favorite people around here, Simone Biles, the Olympic champ, recently sat down for an interview with probably her favorite journalist. Sorry, it's not you this time, Oda. <laughs> Asking the questions this time around was Simone's mom, Nellie Biles. The two shared a candid conversation about mental health in the Tokyo Games, Simone opening up on what it felt like to take a step back on the world stage. And Oda, you were there. What's your take on I that mean, conversation with the mom? What a beautifully intimate conversation. Yeah. And I was just thinking how tough it must be for Nellie to listen to her daughter talk about the pain she endured. She loves her little girl so much and to hear her be so open and honest about it. But I was texting Nellie during the Olympics and she just kept saying, like, pray for Simone, sending hearts. So to watch her 
them sitting together and be able to see that. Do you think her mom has a, a, a good idea of how many millions of people she is going to help <laughs> by by being so brave to talk about her mental health status? You know what? I don't know that that's probably dawned on her. I think Basier is this incredible athlete. She's yeah. probably going to influence a lot more people through this. You're right. It's a great conversation. Yeah. We encourage you to check it out. You can head over to today.com. Next up, the Velvet Underground, the influential 60s rock band from right here in New York City, the subject of an upcoming documentary. The first trailer gives fans a look at both new and archival interviews from the Velvet's history, including conversations with their former manager, artist Andy Warhol, and band members John Cale and Mo Tucker. A lot of people have been waiting for this documentary, The Velvet Underground. It's going to hit Apple TV Plus on October 15th. Looks great. Next up, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. Over the weekend, Ye, of course, released his 10th studio album, finally, Donda, and no surprise, it set bunch of new records including number one on Apple Music's top album charts in just 24 hours also more than 60 million streams that's just here in the US well Kim took to Instagram to show her support for the new album showing screen grabs of the tracks that she was listening to but fans were quick to notice that something didn't look quite right I don't know if you can what? see what's going on there what oh it's it hasn't rolled how about the volume, the volume. just oh. turned all the way oh. down of course, Twitter lit up in a response. One commenter, one user commenting, not Kim listening to Donda on mute. Uh, Clearly, you cannot get anything past on That's how my wife listens to me. Yeah. Oh, no. That's always when you post a photo on Instagram. It's never about the subject in the no, center. It's always about, oh, what's yeah. that book in your bookshelf Absolutely. back there? Uh, finally, Dwayne Johnson, the pro wrestler and movie star, maybe used to playing a hero on the big screen, but The Rock recently drew some attention online thanks to one TikTok comparing his good looks to that of a real-life hero. Take a look at this. I really don't think y'all are ready for this because this is insane. Look at him. You cannot tell me that is not Mr. Dwayne. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, that, it's him. That's Dwayne The Rock. You, you're not convincing me otherwise. Is it? That's actually Lieutenant Eric Fields of Morgan County, Alabama on the left. Oh, wow. wow. Seeing his look-alike. Oh, gone viral. Oh. Now, The Rock responded to this on Twitter, writing, wow, guy on the left is way cooler. <laughs> Stay oh. safe, brother, and thank you for your that service. A doppelganger? It's crazy. Yeah. Yes. Not surprisingly, Lieutenant Field says he hears this comparison of looking like The Rock all the no time, kidding. and for good reason. Well, he's wow. also ripped, too. Yeah, yeah. a great compliment. You could use that for your to your bent for evil. <laughs> yeah. Getting in all the great restaurants in Alabama. Oh goodness. Sign autographs. He has used a little bit. Coming up, Carrie Sanders got an exclusive uh, tied to one of the Bermuda Triangle's most enduring mysteries. What happened to the so-called Lost Squadron more than 75 years ago? Carrie's going to explore it. Coming up. USA in the 400 meter uh, freestyle gold for Morgan Sickney. We brought you her incredible story last week on That's today. Great. We got a silver for Jessica Long. It's her third medal in Tokyo. 26 overall. I mean, when you think about what Morgan's been. Oh, yeah. oh her story. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't even walk. 18 months ago, she had, you know, she had both legs amputated because of a broken bone in her foot. Uh, condition that prevents blood circulation. She actually prepared for the games mm -hmm. in her neighbor's pool cool. through freezing temperatures. Love it. Love her story. That's okay. pretty incredible. By the way, can we just say hello? We're outside. Yes. Oh, beautiful crowd out here. 
see y'all. Thanks for I coming. Love it. Meantime, coming up, our Carrie Sanders is going to take a deep dive into a Bermuda Triangle mystery. What scientists are discovering about an unsolved disappearance there 75 years ago. Plus, it is back-to-school season, and this year the cost is certainly adding up quicker than ever. Backpacks, sports gear, new clothes. Well, we have some simple and smart ways to save you money. We'll get into that in just a bit. And the new school year is a great time to change up your weeknight dinner routine. We're going to show you three classic Indian dishes. Believe it or not, they're quick, they're easy, and they're perfect for both kids and parents. Yeah. And if you're in the market by any chance for some new kicks, be sure and join us tomorrow. Tomorrow, whether you need them to walk or work out, we're going to unveil the best of the bunch from Self's Sneak Awards. And next week, we're going to dive deeper into the return of schoolwork. Today, Food's got you covered. Our friend, Siri Daly. Ooh. What? Hey. <laughs> She's going to come. She's got some recipes that you guys are craving. Uh, just ahead at Today Food on Instagram. Send us your comments and ideas. Before we go to Al, can we just take a quick look at our crowd? They've been sitting out here. Just give them a little hey. Hello. Looking good, guys. All right, lots to get to, but before we do any of it, we check in with Mr. Roker once more down in New Orleans. Al? Who dat? Who dat? Okay, because I know who to know that. Who dat? So. Who, dat? who dat? That's right. <laughs> Anyway, uh, you know, we've been talking about what's been going on in the east. Well, in the southwest, they've got uh, flood advisories and flood watches out for 7 million people. A lot of moisture coming up from a, a defunct uh, tropical system. That's coming up out of Mexico. It's going to bring heavy rain. Some places are going to be looking at rainfall rates 1 to 2 inches per hour, and that can cause big problems. Again, we've got the remnants of Ida, tropical depression making its way through the Tennessee River Valley, bringing a flood threat there. Plenty of sunshine in the northeast through the Great Lakes. Fire risk, unfortunately, continuing through the Pacific Northwest on into northern California and parts of the northern Rockies. And that is your latest weather. Guys? All right, Mr. Roker. Thank you, sir. Now to, to an enduring mystery tied to the legend of the Bermuda Triangle. It's that area off the coast of Florida that extends southeast to Puerto Rico and north to Bermuda. That's right. It happens to be where some people believe that ships and planes are inexplicably disappearing, perhaps because of forces unknown to mankind. NBC's Kerry Sanders joins us from Tuttlesville, Florida, with a preview of a scientific investigation into the fabled spot that airs next week on the History Channel. Kerry, good morning. Good morning. You know, the mystery of the Bermuda Triangle captured the world's attention when those World War II planes disappeared into that vast area of the Atlantic Ocean. It was 1945, and planes of this vintage had taken off on a routine training mission, but they became known as the Lost Squadron. Today, 75 years later, we still do not know what happened. December 5, 1945, five Avengers take off from Naval Air Station Fort Lauderdale on a routine training mission. Fourteen airmen head into the Bermuda Triangle. They were never seen again. Flight 19, the so-called Lost Squadron. In close encounters of the third kind... Who flies crates like these anymore? No one. These planes were reported missing in 1945. The mystery disappearance was answered. They were taken by aliens. But that's a movie. Now, in a new History Channel documentary... The Who Do See, the graveyard of the Atlantic. Or, as we know it more commonly today, the Bermuda Triangle. 
a more than year-long, well-funded scientific mission into the Bermuda Triangle resolves some unanswered questions. Mike Barnett, the team's lead underwater explorer, making a significant discovery as they filmed the documentary, History's Greatest Mysteries. And then you finally found the Avenger. We found an Avenger. But is this the Avenger from Flight 19? And that's the real question. We don't know yet because a lot of people don't realize that there are hundreds of aircraft lost off, this, off the coast of Florida. With careful examination, the jigsaw puzzle of a debris field reveals itself. We see this round piece of wreckage with, in the middle of it, teeth, like for, for gears. I'm thinking to myself, this looks like a turret. Emotions are running off the chart. Could this be an Avenger? Yes, it's an Avenger, but is it from Flight 19? This potentially might not be one of the Avengers from Flight 19, but it still has a story to tell. And by knowing what this aircraft is, we know where Flight 19 isn't. Confounding his discovery, researchers find Navy records that suggest this may be a different Avenger crash. Since 1930, more than 325 planes have crashed or disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle. More than 1,200 ships sank or missing. For decades, sailors and aviators have speculated the Bermuda Triangle has forces we do not understand. Extraterrestrial involvement, UFOs, something beyond our earthly science. I dove into the mystery off Bermuda three years ago. While we found countless wrecks, we found no evidence of inexplicable phenomena. But you don't buy into the idea that there are extraterrestrials or mystical events that have happened? Not one bit. It's, it's, I, I rank it with the Easter Bunny and uh, the Tooth Fairy. What remains is the mystery of Flight 19. You're pretty certain they're somewhere out there? Definitely. I'm sure they're out there. Out there in the Bermuda Triangle, an area the size of Alaska, somewhere in the deep, it's believed, hiding an explanation of what really happened to the lost squadron. And that's a, an Avenger right there. The guys who are pilots that fly here at the Warbirds Air Museum, they think that there is a logical explanation, but temporal shifts remains a very popular idea, in part because when those Avenger planes disappeared, the Navy sent out a search plane, a Martin Mariner, and it too disappeared with its crew of 13. <laughs> The sound effect was there. For, for those of us that still believe in the Tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny, we're holding out hope for some close encounters sort of uh, action down there in the triangle. That is fascinating. I could watch that all day. And you can watch more of that. History's uh, Greatest Mysteries Expedition Bermuda Triangle is going to premiere next Tuesday at 8 Eastern on the History Channel. Carrie, thanks so much. Coming up next, shopping for back-to-school supplies. Getting the wallets of parents harder than ever this year. We're going to have some great tips how you can save a little money. But first, this is Today on NBC. We are back with our ongoing series, Back to School Today. And if you've spent the month, or perhaps two months now, <laughs> shopping for school supplies, we're probably, probably sure you've noticed that prices are higher than ever. Yeah, on average, families are spending nearly $850 this year. But we've got some good news. There are super simple, smart ways to save, and you know who's going to tell us all about it? 
Brandy Broxson. She's the features editor for Real Simple here. She's here to share a couple of ideas with us. We know prices are high. That ain't great. But I like your uh, your uh, solution. You say yes. DIY may be the way to go. Yes. So by plain and DIY, we yeah. have some plain folder, simple folders and binders. Buy them in bulk. You'll save a little bit of money there. You know how kids always want those fancier folders with yeah. the animals or the superheroes on yeah. them? They're often very pricey. So get some simple ones, and you can just decorate them oh, yourself. Oh, buy the I decorated this one for you. You can use stickers, markers, even do a magazine collage. A folder decorated like this would be 50 cents. Compared to those jazzier ones, it would be more like $3. And the kids so you're can definitely have fun saving. Exactly. doing it, right? Exactly. They can have yeah, fun. It's a lot That's of fun. Best project. Now, you do suggest, though, that perhaps we should splurge a bit when it comes yes. to certain items like backpacks. Definitely. Definitely. So your backpack is your MVP of the school year. It is your workhorse. And if you buy a really good one this year, you might not have to buy it again next year or even the year That's after, smart. which will save you some money. So a few things you want to look for. You want to check the zipper. Make sure that it's moving nice and freely, that it feels yeah. durable. You want to check the stitching on the backpack. Make sure that that's uniform. It doesn't look sloppy. And then last and most importantly, you want to check those straps. Those should also feel really durable. This backpack from Scout has a U-shaped design, which just helps it to sit on, on shoulders a little bit nicer. Um, and you don't have to have the same backpack every year if your kid is using it for a few years. Grab some patches. These are from Mary Mary oh, or some enamel pins. They can make the backpack feel new every year. And DIY personally. again. DIY so again. Smart. We love DIY, yes. All right, so often people use Ziplocs, paper bags, and things, yes. but you say skip those disposables and keep yeah. something that stick around. Yes, so those disposables often, um, to start with, they can seem cheap, but you have to keep replenishing yeah. them every week, which is so pricey. We recommend that you grab some reusables. I love these stasher bags. They're silicone. My fiance is actually a teacher. He brings these for his school lunch. They're dishwasher safe. I love those this. Those are good. Prep. Yeah, the prep and go container from OXO also great. Uh, and then we have a classic lunchbox here from Whiskware. Again, this is going to be a lot more durable than a paper bag. Uh, easier for your kids to tote, and it's insulated, and you can wipe it right out. Mm -hmm. I also love these little snack containers. How oh, cute are these? Are those stackable? They are. You can oh, fit three clever. different snacks in there, and they fit right in a water bottle pocket. Aren't those oh, great? That's brilliant. That's love really, those. Is, this, is it expensive? Oh. No, so this is about twelve dollars. Okay. Mm -hmm. The the lunchbox is lunchbox is under twenty. So it's cute. Yeah. Cool. So right. here's the thing: like if you if you're a parent and you've got a kid yeah. in sports or they right. play an instrument, yes. that gets really expensive <laughs> really fast. It really does. I played the trumpet in school. Very expensive <laughs> instrument. But luckily, you can tap your neighborhood marketplaces. Look on places like Facebook Marketplace, Nextdoor, eBay, Play It Again Sports. You can definitely save some money on sports equipment and instruments. Now, you, uh, the outfit is important. That's, is. that's very important for kids. But you it say is. just don't go crazy. Pump the brakes. Exactly. If you can really stretch those um, clothes from the summer into September and wait until the fall, um. you can save a lot of money on sweaters and jeans. And your kids get to go back to school, kind of see what's in style yeah. before you buy. Well, that's All right. Smart. Sounds good. Brandy, thank you. All good pieces of advice. Yes. All right, you can find these back-to-school solutions and more on our website. It's at today.com shop. Meanwhile, a back-to-school season's got you wondering how to get those weeknight meals on the table quickly. We've got you covered on that front as well. Not one, not two, but three simple but tasty dishes that the entire family's going to love. But first, this is Today on NBC. We are back 
with Today Food and more back-to-school help. That's right. And the start of the new school year here means you're probably looking for some easy recipes that you can just get out on yes. the kitchen table. And here are the few suggestions is children's book author Sarah Thomas. She's on a mission to help kids try to... Uh, try some new foods in the book, Kalamata's Kitchen. Sarah, it's good to have you. And you know, kids are tricky, right? Yeah. You think it's a good idea to try and get them when you're, they're younger to try new cuisines so that you can maybe set those those trends early on? Yes, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And yes, absolutely. I mean, I grew up eating these foods, so what we know is that kids do enjoy these foods. It's just a matter of when and how they're exposed to them. So you said this actually smells like your home and it mm, smells yeah. amazing. So what's the first dish you're gonna make? So the first us? dish we're gonna make is chicken ishtu. Okay. Um, this is a this is a traditional chicken stew from Kerala, which is where my family is from in India. Okay. Um, and I've already fried off some shallots in this oil, so it already smells really good. Um, yeah, and we start off by just cooking some onions for about a minute. Um, and then if you want, you can take some of those curry leaves off these? of the branch. Okay. Yeah, Did, and we're gonna... And where, how do you get these specific leaves? Can you get them from grocery stores? Yeah, I think you can find them in most international markets and Indian okay. stores. You can order them offline. They're super fragrant. I highly recommend getting the fresh ones. Wow. Um, okay. And what? with the curry leaves, we'll add in the ginger and the chilies as well. Okay. Um, we just, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Got it. Um, and we really just like lightly, yes, exactly. Um, you know, if you, you can tone this up or down for your spice How tolerance. How hot are those chilies for kids? They're not, so again, I grew up yeah. eating it, but if you're not used to eating them, use one, okay. you know, or seed them and de-seed them. Whatever. Okay. Already, this is where you start to add in new flavors for your kids. Exactly right. right. things I've never cooked with before. Yeah. Really? Okay, yeah. this is a great recipe to yeah. try it out. So next to us, yeah, crush up some cardamom. I would be like, I'm, I'm intimidated. Right? That's a cuisine yes, I don't know. That's perfect. That's perfect. It's relatively easy. Oh. Just like that? Yeah, it's perfect. Cardamom. What yep, throw those cardamom. in. Oh, and you can add in two of those cinnamon sticks and some of the cloves as well. Okay. And this is where it starts to smell really, really good. Yes. When do we add the chicken? Wait, Sarah, did I miss this? What's that? Oh, not yet. Okay. Not yet. So now we're going to put in the chicken okay. after these have been cooking for a little chicken? bit. Go all in. Go all, all right. in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and this we're just going to cook so skinless, it's... Skinless, boneless. Yeah. yeah, skinless, boneless cubes. You can use bone-in, too. Right. It adds a really nice flavor. Okay. And it's all um, in one pretty much? Exactly right. You can't beat thank that. You. you cannot beat that. Um, just okay. cook this for two to three okay. minutes till it... Uh, oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> right. So the chicken's lightly cooked. Oh, thank you. Sorry. Sorry. You're like, why are we... I know. No, the point is to eat it and enjoy it, right? So get right in there. This is a one-pot dish, then, This is a one-pot dish. Oh, wow. Great. So after the chicken has cooked for a little bit... Oh, my gosh. Mm. Oh, I want those first impressions. Yum. What do we think? So oh, good, oh right? Gosh, potatoes in? Yes, so mm. potatoes in. That is explosion. A little bit oh. of vinegar. And it's, right? you oh, know, sure. it's really like minimal effort yeah. for so yeah. much flavor. And it's such a good way to introduce oh kids to this cuisine. What's this Yum. next dish? Let's move down before oh, we run out of time. Sure. So next up, this is my mom's dal recipe. So mm. this is one of the first foods that I grew up eating. Okay. Um, and, you know, this is, a, this is a staple that's enjoyed by Indian families all over. And what we're going to do today, um, it's actually the recipe that's found in the back of the book as well. It oh, inspires good. Kalamata and al dente's adventure in the story. Okay. Um, I was really inspired as a kid by the sounds and scents mm. of, of spices going. So mm -hmm. what we're going to do is temper or bloom our spices. Look at that. Ooh. Yes. Vibrant. You what know, spices are you using? So these are mustard seeds. And they're popping. And yes, they are popping like fireworks. I love how it. Eh? Them in the book. Um, so actually, as soon as they start popping, you're good to go. Um, and we're going to add in some garlic, chilies, uh, and ginger here as well. Ooh, yeah. We're really just going to cook these until, just for a little bit, because I like that kind of oh, fresher flavor. Yes. And that smell, this is like a really engulfing smell. I, I remember this being like what my house smelled like all the time. So thanks, Mom. I was really lucky. Thank you. <laughs> 
Um, so we really just cook this for a minute, let everything get kind of uh, lightly browned. Okay. Um, but that's and what's it. what's this that you're putting in? What is that? That is actually just the dried lentils, right? Ah. So the nice thing about dal lentil. is like, you cannot mess this up. Okay. You can use any pulses. And it's so healthy. It's so good, right? It's, it's, it's so good. I've never anything like it. I love that. Really? No, these are so good. It is so All good. Right. And then. But it's like a grilled cheese dipping in tomato kind of vibe, oh, you know, man. comfort food. Yes, it's absolutely comfort food. <laughs> are you dipping it in that? Yeah. No, I've never actually done that, but dal on toast is a great thing. It's, it's great. I use leftover dal on toast. So we want to thank you. That, of course, that recipe, again, in the back of the book, Kalamata's Kitchen. That book out right now. Yes. Sarah, great job. Thank we'll be back. But first, this is today on FBC. We're back as Dylan joins us because it's time to celebrate some milestone birthdays. Excited to celebrate some birthdays. I love showing up at this time to spin around those Smucker's jars. So let's see who we've got first up this morning. A happy 100th birthday to Betty Jacobson. She is an avid bingo player from Strongsville, Ohio. She loves gardening, golfing, and spending time with her family. I love all three of those things. Florence Toots Doherty is from Toots. Thermopolis, Wyoming. This 100-year-old musician Get this, can't read a lick of music, but she plays the piano and organ like an expert. That's all that matters. Happy 100th birthday to Eugene Williams of Jacksonville, Illinois. This World War II veteran loves to drive and stay active. And of course, we thank you for your service, sir. Dolores Vokes, better known as Mushy, is celebrating her 100th birthday in Clearfield, Pennsylvania. Mushy's secret to longevity, a glass of wine a day. Let's go, Mushy. If the nurses stay away. <laughs> so let's keep them away. Let's say hello to Doris Geller from Princeton, New Jersey. You can find this 102-year-old sitting by the pool, playing penny slot machines, line dancing, or just hanging with her family. And happy 100th birthday to Margaret Colucci, a painting and bingo enthusiast from Newcastle, Pennsylvania. Margaret's secret to longevity is a simple one, family. Um, all you need mushy that. And I don't know, toots. Mushy's wine. I have this Lots thought of, of Mushy waiting for the nurse to walk by her room, and as soon as she's gone, she pours a little wine. <laughs> hey now. She's 100. Well yeah. deserved. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, hon. Now, coming up on Hoda and Jenna, clever ideas and products to create more space in your garage. But first, in the third hour, a man giving new life to the trash he finds on the job, proving art truly is in the eye of the beholder. And by the way, folks, be sure to check out our new podcast. You can download today at Apple and Spotify, or subscribe and listen wherever you get your podcast. Next up, the third hour of today.